Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast. We look at a beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue-colored glasses. This is my good friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. Mossy, well, I know how you're doing. I mean, we just got off the air with your Brazil team uh, with a smoke and a coffee. No problem. We'll get to that uh, in a second. But I do have a bone to pick with you. Little Birdie told me that you weren't happy with my attitude last night on our show. Uh, was, was it something that I said, something that I did? Because I want to make sure that you are comfortable when we are doing the State of the Union. If there's something that I am doing that's throwing you off, offending you, or in any way uh, causing problems, I need to know about this. Is this little birdie named Judy Boyd by chance? I am just telling you that nothing stays secret in this little uh, microorganism that we have that is a World Cup. So you can try to keep it secret, but it's not going to stay secret. Well, she expressed some concern about how late we're doing some of these pods. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, Alexi did seem tired last night. His vibe was a little off. But what does that mean? How does that manifest? What did you I do? went off on something about your tie. It was <laughs> utterly bizarre. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'm going to try not to talk about any of my uh, attire or anything like that, um, although my, my suit's a little bit tight tonight, but I, I, won't, I won't do that. All right, listen, let's get into, uh, let's get into the games. First off, Forza Italia, okay? Uh, Italy-Argentina, a classic matchup in the traditional sense of, uh, of soccer, not necessarily uh, women's soccer, but this was a slugfest. When I was watching this game back at the, uh, at the hotel, and this was just back and forth, people kicking each other, people screaming and yelling. Ultimately, Giretti comes on and scores the goal. If you're a coach and you put on a substitute and they go on and not just score a goal, but score the winning goal, you must feel pretty good about yourself. But then the other part of it is, well, why wasn't that player playing in the, in the, uh, from, uh, from the beginning anyway? But ultimately, Italy gets the win. Uh, thoughts on the Italy-Argentina game? Yeah, I didn't understand the Girelli thing at all. I'm wondering if there was some sort of injury we didn't know about. Uh, no, no, Capito, because uh, she is their best player. She scored 10 goals in qualifying. She scored three goals at the last World Cup. She's coming off a good season with Juventus. And so she needs to be in that starting lineup. And when she came on, four minutes later, she scored, which was no surprise to me because she is terrific. And so Italy is an interesting team in this tournament because they got to the quarterfinals of the last World Cup. They looked to be a rising power in the women's game, but then had a lousy Euros, which was a step back. And so we weren't sure what we were going to see from them in this tournament. Pretty good start. Uh, would you say 
in the, in or on the game, that Italy was the better team. I would. So it was a justifiable result. Yes. Okay. And by the way, I think very good chance that Italy is the U.S.'s opponent in the round of 16. Remember, the U.S.'s group, Group E, is crisscrossed with this group, right. Group G. We all think Sweden is going to win it. And then I would pick Italy to finish second. The other teams are Argentina and South Africa. And if the U.S. were to win their group, then that would set up a U.S.-Italy round of 16 match. All right, let's move on to uh, Germany-Morocco. Uh, from a scoreline perspective, this was never in doubt. Earliest goal yet of the tournament. Uh, pop goes the world. All sorts of uh, uh, goals for Germany. They ultimately win 6-0. Uh, Ari Hengst was wearing her... German jersey, screaming and yelling. She had told me before the game that she thought that the trend was going to hold not to have these lopsided types of results, and that she thought that while Germany was going to win because, well, it's Germany, uh, she thought it was only going to be eins, zwei to, to null. Uh, and so this ends up being a complete rout, but not in like a, a route where it was embarrassing and not in a route where I, I think that the way that I now think about Germany is bolstered and improved after this result. A reminder, Germany is Doug McIntyre's dark horse Ooh. at this World Cup. Number two ranked, two-time World Cup winning Germany. <laughs> and he wonders, That's how Doug rolls. He wonders why Lakin Littman is getting all the plum oh, assignments. Oh, wow. Uh, but no, I was impressed by Germany. Pop got two goals, Buhl and Schuler on the score sheet as well. They did benefit from two own goals. Uh, so I thought solid start for the Germans, especially when you consider they were without their best player, Oberdorf, who I'm very excited to see later on in this tournament. Uh, so I, I do think Germany laid down a pretty good marker in this one. Yeah, I mean, I thought that they were they were efficient. And this was the first time that we saw a real elite team come out and kind of be elite. Until, by the way, uh, I guess until a couple hours uh, after that, which we'll get to, uh, get to in a second. Uh, we all through the night, we were joking on air about my... Um, about my power rankings and stuff like that. And while I was watching this German game, they absolutely started to go up and up and up in my, uh, in my estimation. And to your point, this isn't just some team. This is already an elite team. But we've seen where elite teams aren't necessarily looking elite. And again, first games, early days. But as far as Germany coming in and kind of, uh, as John Strong during the, uh, the game was saying, you know, planting that flag, show, uh, putting that marker in, this was definitive. This was Germany is here, and this is a Germany that is formidable uh, in, in a way that maybe they haven't been in the past, but one that uh, means you're going to have to look, uh, look at them. All right, let, let's not bury the lead here, especially when it comes to, to you. You have to be pretty happy about this Brazil team. And before, before I get your, your, your take on, uh, on Brazil, I, I just want to say that, you know, ab a couple of World Cups in a row now, we've talked about the Brazil women's national team. And it's one thing to talk about the flair and the magic and the romance of, of Brazilian soccer in general um, and, about the, uh, and about the national team. It's another thing to actually put it into practice. And I was just really impressed with this team today in terms of the balance that they had, because that's always been the trick for, for Brazil. And the great Brazilian teams have been able to combine this ruthlessness and this, this it's not pragmatism, because they're never going to be pragmatic, but a balance of giving you the magic and giving you the romance that you want and that we expect from Brazil. But I thought that there was a method to whatever type of, not madness, because that's not fair, but whatever type of magic and romance there was, there was a method to it today. I agree, and that's Pia 
She's brought an organization of defensive solidity. It's a shame she wasn't the coach in the mid-2000s when Brazil also had the best players in the world. I think Brazil would have been unstoppable back then if they had had a coach like Pia. She's doing a very good job now, but I don't think Brazil has quite enough talent to win this World Cup, but we'll see. I mentioned last night I was cautiously optimistic about this team. I felt like they could go far, and this was certainly a very good start. They built up such a big lead that it was safe to bring on Marta, right. who I thought moved around pretty well for somebody having a fork sticking out of her back. Oh, wow. Look at you. Uh, I mean, they have, I do think that they, they have depth and they have talent. Dabinia I thought was really, really good. It also, we didn't talk about it a lot on the, on the pregame, but through the course of the tournament, we're certainly going to mention it because it's part of the story in that, you know, the NWSL influence and the opportunities that have been provided, uh, not just for NWSL players, but we talk a lot about it in terms of the way we've almost become the architects of our potential demise in, in giving opportunities when it comes to Major League Soccer and how it has helped increase uh, the, the competition and increase the level of national teams and players that play in MLS. Well, the same thing is happening with NWSL and Brazil in particular, where I think six of the players today that started were NWSL players or are going to be NWSL players, and then Marta and others. Uh, and, and so that connection to NWSL is good. And I think it's translating into, like I said, I'm more optimistic about your Brazil team than I have been in years. And on that Adi Borges hat trick, she's now the Golden Boot leader. It's the fourth Brazilian hat trick in the Women's World Cup. All four have come in opening games, and all four have come against Concacaf opposition. Prechi and Sisi got uh, got hat tricks in the same game in '99 against Mexico, and then Cristiani got one four years ago against Jamaica. And now Adi Borges does it against Panama. But it was three goals and one assist, and the assist was almost the best play of the game. The fact that she when she was on a hat trick, was unselfish she enough deferred. to yeah. uh, do that back heel to Bia to cap off that incredible team goal. Yeah, and so that's why that's why it said there was this ruthlessness and this efficiency combined with what we love to see about Brazil. And you know, from a for a long time in this tournament, to be quite honest, it was slim pickings when it came to highlights, just because of the the the, the dearth of goals. So it was nice today to see a bunch of goals scored, but it was also nice to see actual highlights where you can marvel at the skill and the magic uh, going forward. Uh, one more stat to throw at you. What do you got? You made a big deal about eight debutants. Oh for eight. Oh for eight, baby. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you, you first you got to get there, all right, and then you worry about uh, competing. But you know, I mean, if you if you want to be all crabby about it, fine. Uh, okay, uh, we have we have seen the it's not, it's not the arrival, but the emergence of Saudi Arabia and what they are at least from afar, trying to do with the incredible amount of money that they have. And they are, I mean, literally trying to buy their way into being a relevant soccer league. And yes, there are other motives too, and bigger motives and political motives and cultural motives and all that kind of stuff that are, that, that are at play here. But we come to find out that, surprise, surprise, Al-Hilal has submitted a record bid for Kylian Mbappe and producer Sean put this in. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's, this is pretty uh, specific. $332 million, 332, $388,945. So basically over $300 million for Kylian Mbappe. That's basically just to talk to him right now. Any legs to this, you think? 
it's an amazing development. What's happened here is Mbappe wanted to just play out this season and then go to Real Madrid as a free, as a free agent. agent yeah. It sounds like he already has a deal in place with Real Madrid to do that. And PSG have drawn a line in the sand and said that is absolutely not going to happen. You're either going to sign an extension or we're going to sell you this summer. And to underline that point, they left him out of their preseason roster. The PSG's in Japan right now playing preseason games, and he's not a part of that group. He's training back home, I think, with the reserves. So, uh, they're and you know, some people are criticizing PSG for that. The, the players' union, FIFA Pro, got involved. They, they say this is bullying, and you, you can't treat a player like that. I don't know how you feel about that, um, but nevertheless, I think it's this has become untenable. I mean, his plan to play out this season and then leave as a free agent is just not possible anymore. So he is going to leave this summer. He wants to go to Real Madrid. Real Madrid could theoretically bid for him. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to find themselves in a bidding war now with their Premier League clubs interested. And, yeah, Saudi Arabia, I mean, money is no object to them, so why not? They're taking a flyer here. I don't think there's any chance Mbappe goes there, but nevertheless, it's an interesting twist in the story. Well, as far as PSG's action here, I don't really have a problem with it. It is kind of shooting themselves in the foot from a competitive standpoint to have arguably the best player in the world, and you're going to, what do they do in baseball? They shut them down or whatever when a pitcher does something like that? So you... I guess you shut him down until you actually get some sort of deal. And if you're going to lose him for free in a year, that's problematic just from a pure business uh, perspective. Yeah, I remember they did this with Adrian Rabio a few years ago. Obviously not the same dynamic with somebody like Mbappe of his stature. But nevertheless, yeah, there is a track record of them doing this with a player. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing about Saudi Arabia is I, I, I bet you PSG are of two minds on this. Part of them wants to banish him to a nondescript league like that. But then the other part is, does Qatari-owned PSG want to have their greatest asset go to Saudi Arabia when you consider the it's geopolitical the battle battle uh, implications of all that and the relationship between those two countries? So, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to see the next chapters in this story. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, listen. Um Summer continues to roll on, and there's plenty of soccer going on. And as usual, many of these brands that are global brands or desire to be global brands are using the United States and uh, the incredible emerging market that it is as an ATM uh, to show their wares, if you will. But it also gives us an opportunity to see some different teams play. Um, up there in uh, Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, uh, we had uh, Real Madrid taking on uh, AC Milan. Why is that important? Well, just in general, two great teams playing each other, but also from an American perspective, Christian Pulisic. Uh, I will say before we before we go on, um, our our best and thoughts and uh, prayers go out to the great Shaka Islap over there, uh, a colleague over there from uh, ESPN. Uh, for those that were watching, just a just a horrible and scary moment when he uh, looked like that he you know he passed out and fainted on air. And um, we come to find out that he uh, was, you know, then awake and he was getting tended to and he got the medical treatment that he needs. And as we uh, are on here right now, it seems that, uh, you know, whatever it is, they are dealing with it right now. And so we're sending all of our love out to you, uh, Shaka Islap, and um, looking forward to get, uh, seeing you back on TV where you are so good at what you do. And, but it was a scary, scary moment. On the field, uh, your friend Vinny finally uh, showed up there and showed why he is worth it. And from a Christian Pulisic perspective, not only did he start, but they also had him on uh, free kicks and over the ball, which I think is a good sign that they want to use him, that he is not going to be just this luxury type of, uh, type, uh, type of player. Um, and it's still summer, and there's still a long way to go. But I think a lot of people saw this and said, all right, he's healthy. 
He's playing. He's at a place that he wants to be. He's at a place that want him. And as long as he does stay healthy, uh, we would like to see him get that run of games. And again, this is relative to the U.S. Men, uh, men's national team. Yeah, I felt like this was a great move for him. And so far, so good. He seemed happy, played well, got an assist off a corner. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I think he's going to have a strong campaign in Italy with AC Milan. And then, yeah, Vinicius Jr., you mentioned, is now wearing number seven, Cristiano Ronaldo's old number. Uh, he comes on and scores the winner and, and played well also. So very excited about him. With Benzema leaving, this is now very much Vinicius Jr.'s team. So, um, yeah, the European club season right around the corner and uh, excited for it as well. We were talking in the uh, green room earlier, uh, Zach Kenworthy, who we talk about a lot, um, and, uh, and Bear are both Liverpool fans, big Liverpool fans. So there's a huge Liverpool discussion as to what they needed to do and who the best top th uh, front three is and, you know, Fenway Sports Group and all, all, all that kind of stuff going on. All right, listen, we started off the show uh, talking about attitude. And, um, you know, I've never, uh, you know, had a go at you for anything when it comes to your attitude. And you're, you're mossy. You, you got your, your thing going and stuff like that. But... We come to find out that there are a lot of people that watch this show. There's a lot of people that listen to it, and there's a lot of people that watch it. And this, this next and final segment, if you're just listening to it, I'm going to try to explain it to you as best as I can, but this is much more for the, uh, the visual folks uh, out there. And we come to find out that, uh, as I said, this is a microcosm here. And so this is Mossy the other day uh, on the show. Our good friend Stu is there too. And you can see there that this is a dour and sour and almost, almost irritated with certainly me and this show, but irritated with life type of mossy pose there. And to be fair, you have little variation when it comes to uh, the way you look, but this was taken by our folks backstage and used in a way to ridicule you, if you will. Uh, first off, thoughts before I start showing some of these pictures that we uh, have, have found. Yeah, I mentioned our last pot. It was uh, Brad Weimer. Oh, okay. Who, You're uh, just going to completely single him out then. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, he's very proud of it. So, <laughs> uh, who, who snapped his picture and then created all sorts of memes that he's been uh, distributing. And so, yeah, so let's go through. So all. it started to, you know, Stu had the, uh, I can't remember what the hell they called it, but Pac-A-Melon or whatever the hell it was. Um, and so first off, you showed up in the uh, the sack there. And then he just started adding and putting you in all sorts of different things. I will say that very early on in the process, he started sending them to me and I started suggesting things. You know, I knew that, you know, you love- Godfather. Godfather, so you're sitting at the table there with, uh, with, uh, with Michael and Michael Corleone and Game, Game of, of Thrones. Game of Thorns that you love. Uh, and so we just kept doing it and doing That's it. There's Bernie a Bernie. Yeah, that's Bernie. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, another Game of Some Thrones. Some more Game of Thrones. Um, oh, Forrest. You're there with yeah. Forrest uh, in, in bed right there. Oh, at the Last the Supper? The Last Supper, Of no? course. I mean, it's like this incredible. Oh, Letterman. That's my favorite. I'm, oh, I'm you, a huge Letterman love. guy. We actually have one of those. We had one of those blown up. Yeah, yeah. And that, there's you Scarface. in front of a, Scarface. a huge mound of cocaine yeah. uh, in Scarface. There's Mossy. And oh. then this, I actually, I, I, I told yeah. I told him, I said, hey, listen, he loves Seinfeld. So if you can put him in at, at the, to a diner scene right there. And again, if you're just listening to this, uh, please check it out. We'll have it out on the feed. It's, it's some funny stuff to see Mossy in all of these uh, different settings. And you know we love you, my friend. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm getting a huge kick out of all this. So. Oh, what is this? Oh, it's, it's uh, I don't even know. Right. I don't even Let, know. Let's, uh, Weimer, Weimer told me there are 27 different ones. We don't need to go through all of them. We, we, the, the segment's <laughs> well, already been a success. Look at that. The Hobbit, Lord uh, mean of the Rings. Girls. Oh, Mean right, let's, Girls. Let's, they even put you in Mean Girls, yeah, American, American Pie. Pie. Oh, it just keeps going. But look, <laughs> you're Yoda. <laughs> oh, Harry, Harry Sally. Sally in the <laughs> orgasm scene. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Every, have, I'll have what she's having. Everywhere. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, more Goodfellas. Yeah. There we go. Oh, my goodness. It's, oh, wait. It. It. You're down there in the sewer, too. Oh, my goodness. Evidently, um, we, we have this hundreds one, of people. This one, to me, whatever's going on with Stu is so much more distracting than my <laughs> head up there. That, that, that to me, was the weakest one. Hey, they, you know, they can't all be winners, yeah, okay? Enough, they, but, but listen, we evidently, there's not much work that is going on. Oh, there we yeah. go, Anchorman, Anchorman. 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 My goodness. They just, they just keep... Lasso, oh, my yeah. goodness. Ted Lasso. Uh, oh, Oscar the Grouch. Oh, my goodness. People, people are listening. Oh. This one, this one... I brought this one up. I'm like, oh, you guys should do one with that gymnast. And yeah, they, they oh, said, that we're, we're all over it. That, that gymnast. Michaela, whatever go. her name is. Oh, Rounders. chick, chick, chick. Oh, Rounders, look at that. Oh, Tommy, boy. Tommy Boy. It just, it's the gift that keeps, it, it's the gift. Do they call it a gift? Jif, whatever? Yeah. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Sure. There we go. Uh, there's Mossy. So anyway, we, right. we're having a good time, and you're a good sport about it. Yeah. And the only reason that people do it is because they love you. And we all love you so much. And, and to end this on a positive note, you're back, my friend. Am I? Whatever issues I might have had with you last <laughs> night, you were you brought it tonight. <laughs> Terrific. Well, I love you, Mossy, uh, and I love uh, everything that you do. And everybody in front of the camera and behind the camera uh, loves you because you're so smart and you're so um, you're so important to everything that we do. And even if you weren't, we'd uh, we'd still love you. And and you can take a joke. And uh, thank you for being the butt of the joke when it comes to that. And listen, if you're out there. Uh, now that you have seen the actual uh, picture that we use and you want to put it into different things, hey, have at it, all right? Send it in to us, all right? Well, you know all of our social media handles out there, SOTU with Alexi and all the big platforms out there. Put them into anything and everything that you possibly can. All right, we will see you again tomorrow as we roll on here from Sydney, Australia and, uh, and the World Cup. Thank you again for reviewing and downloading and uh, doing all the different things that you do with the State of the Union. We love the fact that you are a part of this incredible ride, and we will continue on. Uh, thank you to State Farm, too, for presenting this each and every night. So uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow from Sydney. And until then, and as always, my friends, size the day!